Hi everyone, welcome to Faith Plus X, where faith meets us or the other way around. You are joined as usual by myself, Georgia, and Linda. Hi guys. Hey girl. Hi everyone. Hope everyone is doing well. So welcome to this episode. We are talking, as you can tell by the title, all about friendships. So faith and intersection with friendships. Now, in the previous episode, we did discuss faith and dating. So this may be as part of a series. We'll see. We'll figure it out on uh, faith and relationships. Um, And as I've said, we did mention online dating um, in the previous episodes. Hope you guys enjoyed that um, because we certainly did. And Mm -hmm. mm, it was juicy. (laughs) It was a very juicy one. Um, And to be honest, I think, not even I think, I know... Uh, in the seasons to come, we'll definitely be expanding on dating and marriage and singleness and all of that kind of stuff. Um, all in the further episodes, because yeah, we have to, man. It's it's not. I feel like it shouldn't be a central part of the Christian journey, but it kind of has become. So we will get into that. Um, but we are of course aware that relationships are broader than just sort of the romantic ones that we have. Um, and for the both of us, we're very conscious that it is important as Christians. Uh, that we just sort of learn to navigate our relationship with other image bearers, whether they're male, female, um, etc. So, yeah, it can be quite tricky, to be very honest, to navigate uh, these relationships because people are tricky. Let's just be honest with it. That's just what it stems down to, right? That we're uh-huh. like, mm, do you get what I mean? Like, we feel like, okay, we know that they're image bearers, but I don't know. I don't know if they was built in the same image that Mito was built in. Um, <laughs> honest i think that's a problem um and my dad actually has this thing that he always says and it's kind of stuck with me growing up so he talks about our vertical relationships and our horizontal relationship and our vertical relationship is obviously our relationship with god um and you know keeping that in check but he also talks about our horizontal relationships so i guess this episode is expanding on these horizontal relationships um but in a way those two things are actually intertwined the more we think about it because i do believe a lot of the way we sort of reflect our God-like nature, or we're supposed to anyway, is in relation to one another. So actually, the vertical should be represented or should be reflected rather in the horizontal. And that doesn't always happen. Um, mm. So I think, yeah, this episode will be quite relevant uh, to all of us um, because I think we've all sort of struggled sometimes with navigating relationships with other humans and we'll be discussing it in the context of friendships within the church which to be honest i think sometimes can cause the most uh what can i call it uh the most grief (laughs) maybe um because it can and i think yeah you know we will get into why that's the case but i think it's it's a case of you know what we expect from the body of christ which is not necessarily always sadly uh, reflected in what we get but again we'll get into that Okay, so let's kind of jump straight into it. I think a starting point would be getting into kind of why this conversation is even important in the first place, right? And I think at the core of it for me has to be the fact that this is something that God values, right? I think, no, I think, I know, I think it's evident to me through our scripture, through our human relations, through my own experiences that God values relationship. And we can see that in the very nature of who God himself is. I love, I I don't know where I get this from, but there's a quote that says that basically, ultimately, even God exists in community, right? Um, And we substantiate that claim uh, based on Genesis 126. 
quite a popular one that we all know about. Um, and it says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness. So the fact that there's this use of the plural pronoun us is indication of the fact that God was speaking to, you know, not just himself, but other people. Um, well, not people, other divinities or deities. Um, and we're not going to get into doctrine of Trinity, yeah? Because... <laughs> No, because obviously it's it's interesting. I kind of took it. I don't know. I guess I guess I grew up on this doctrine, so it bewildered me when I found out that you know there were people who didn't believe in the doctrine of Trinity, but I do, um, and I think there is scripture to back it up. Um, and the way I interpret that scripture, when God says "let us," is God the Father speaking to God uh, the Son as well as the Holy Spirit. So that's that to me is sort of a prime indication of the fact that even God himself as an entity is existing community. And then I think just throughout scripture, we have a lot of relationships that are described all the way throughout scripture. I do think a lot of it is sort of disproportionately in relation to relationships of a family nature. So there's a lot of talk about, you know, spouses um, or even, to be honest, in relation to the larger family context. So, you know, you have your Abraham and Lot, you have was it Mary and Elizabeth, like a lot of I think that's just a reflection also of Jewish culture um, of just the value of family. But I don't yeah, think- I was about to say that I think like definitely context because Imagine, it was right. Mm, mm. And I think maybe in even more rural settings of these days, like, for example, if I would go to the village back home in Malawi, um, a lot of those friendships are built along family lines just Mm -hmm. because it's still very um, not necessarily tribal, but also tribal, but like in enclosed, secluded communities and not like in a city where you're meeting more people outside of your family line and things like that yeah that's absolutely the case um and i and to be honest i also i feel like that though isn't ground to sort of um dismiss the argument that friendship is an important relationship and is one that is sort of valued by god or indeed was um something that was intentionally created you know by god um or this idea of it because i think even I, i think as you've reflected perfectly the fact that your family doesn't mean that there isn't also an element of friendship. And I think exactly. it's just, you know, exactly. exactly. The, the title almost clouds it as the spouse. But um, actually, even with Adam and Eve, I was thinking back on this, that actually God didn't just create, you know, one for each other, just for the, you know, sexual relationship and to, you know, reproduce and repopulate the earth, etc. But actually a key part of why God created them for each other was companionship, was support, as we see in Genesis. Um, he does, of course, order them to reproduce on earth, etc. But one of the first things that God says in relation to Eve is that it's not good for man to be alone. Not that it's not good for man to be, you know, have no place for his sexual desires <laughs> or it's not good for man to be unmarried, etc. Obviously, we know the relationship between Adam and Eve um, and we know that they were a couple But I also think a key part of that was to reflect not just the relationship between husband and wife, but the relationship between human and human. And I think a key part of that was companionship and was, you know, mutual support for each other, which is something that's reflected in friendship. And then, of course, you know, we have Adam and Eve, but then we bring it all the way to the New Testament. Um, And who better than Jesus to illustrate the point of friendship being important, right? Um, So Jesus, of course, as we know, had his 12 disciples. 
you know, well, one of whom was an interesting one, but it's okay. He gets replaced and, you know, maybe he had to play his role. <laughs> no, and it's part of the story, right? right? In that that we'll dig in deeper when we talk about, you know, different forms of relationships, as Georgia said. Um, but relationships are messy. <laughs> They're not always clean cut. They stab you in the back. <laughs> no, in many ways, you know, we've even been told there's this, corny quote but it's true that says that the church is like a hospital um where sick people come in well metaphorically like sick souls you know come in to be healed so we're you know some people come with wounds we all come with wounds we all come with stuff and sometimes we project and that's going to happen so it definitely is that it's not this you know happy go lucky smiley smiley friendships all the time and um yes judas who georgia was referring to um kind of showed us that i think i think to be fair that's a good segue to the next point to be fair um which is this whole point of you know if relationship and friendship specifically are a part of god's design for for the human experience why is it so like freaking (laughs) difficult like why is it so hard um for us to be in relationship with each other um not even at you know as spousal level which god knows is another level of difficulty Mm. um but even if at the most basic level we can't get it right which is friendship then lord knows we need well that's what they say right that marriage is is a god it's a divinely inspired institution because otherwise i don't see how you could put up Mm -hmm. with someone for like 40 years also shout out to linda's parents (laughs) actually (laughs) coincidentally <laughs> celebrate the anniversary today what did he say 39 years 39 39 years, years of marriage and friendship what <laughs> <Magic>. yep <laughs> aspire to that you were saying no i was just saying yeah, i aspire to it you know it's it's very rare i think that we can aspire to what we've seen growing up and i'm very you know happy that i can say that but i do know their 11th year was the best year yet because <laughs> The greatest gift Best. ever appeared. <laughs> Self. Anyway, shout out to mom and dad. Moving on, very simply, ignoring that. <laughs> um, no, I think yeah. Let's let's get back into that. Let's maybe we should ask them how they they've navigated that. But you know, that's the episode for maybe friendship, uh, um, faith and marriage. We'll get onto mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. Let's take it back to the. Let's trip it back to friendship. Um, and I think yeah, maybe let's get into maybe some of the difficulties though. Uh, the two of us have encountered in trying to either create or build or just navigating friendships inside the body of Christ, right? And by that, mm-hmm. we mean Christian to Christian friendships. Because I think there is, there's this expectation that that should be plain sailing. Like we're all in theory on the same page. We all love Jesus. We all know what the Bible says about the fruit of the spirit, about kindness, you know, being loving, being joyful, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) So in theory, (laughs) in theory, these relationships should be smooth and yet they're not. Mm -mm. And I think, yeah, we we should unpack maybe why that is um, and, you know, the the difficulties that we found. I'll, I'll, I'll say from the beginning that to be fair, Growing up, I didn't have a lot of friends, um, or at least close friends in church. Same, um, same. So, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. 
Yeah. And to be honest, I used to pray for Christian friends because mm. I, I used to like, and I loved my friends who weren't, you know, but especially when I was growing more in my relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. I started understanding the importance of, I was a little also mini evangelist. I have to say that because I used to like, when you <laughs> came to, when you came to my house, we go to church, uh, we pray, we do like, it was really non-negotiable and it wasn't even like I bullied people into it. It was just sort of like, I had a lot of sleepovers and whatnot with friends from school mm-hmm. and they all actually loved it, which was funny enough. They like, no one battled it or anything. People used to come and want to go with us mm-hmm. um, and all of that. But definitely I remember reading these books um, on my little series, sort of, I don't know if any of you read sweet Valley high or whatever, but those Christian mm-hmm. versions of those books, which were like teen sort of romance books and I used to be like, wow, like people can actually have Christian friends who they can pray with and like all this stuff. So I didn't have many of them, but I did long for them. And I, it was something I prayed for, but then, huh, mm-hmm. you know, but then when you get them, <laughs> what do we do with them? <laughs> it does say, Hey, be careful what you wish for. I'm kidding. I think I've had both. I've been, I've definitely been burned, but I've also had such amazing encounters. So it's, it's very complex. Yeah, because okay, as you say, you've you've it has been also a blessing for you. So yeah, I think let's get into that actually. Let's before we start picking apart everything that's wrong <laughs> with Christian friendships, I think let's delve into like the benefits, right? What is good? And it's obvious like the obvious um sort of benefit or blessing that comes out of that is just that sense of I think commonality. Or feeling seen I think especially in sort of navigating the 21st century world as a young person who professes a faith to be honest it's, it's not even just Christian I think as the world becomes I don't know if overly intellectual is the correct word because it's you know being intellectual is not necessarily a bad thing but you know mm. as we become more secular, secular that's yes mm. I think that's a better word as we become more secular um, you know, I thought it was circular for the longest oh, time. Uh, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I learned that it was not circular, like maybe two years ago. But anyway, like as the world becomes more round, we, I, I guess. <laughs> no, it's like, no it, it it made sense. English came on a foreign boat. It's okay. That's the phrase that you love to refer back to, and you know what? Could fair enough. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even fight it. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so sort of as the world becomes more secular, I think finding people who not just sort of don't dismiss your faith, but actually value it um, and can sort of understand you having a relationship with the divine is is quite beneficial. I think it makes you on just a broader level and just on a human level, it makes you feel less alone um, because oftentimes people can't understand why as a young person you would choose to do or not do certain things based on what they view as you know, an ancient book, um, which to them proves nothing about the world. So for you to choose to live your life in such a way, I think can it can be hard to try and navigate, you know, secular spaces. So I think anyway, point being, an obvious advantage of having Christian friends or Christians of people of faith or friends of faith in general um, is the sense of commonality. But I also think in terms of what your not just what your relationship is based on but also when you you know ask for advice or when you seek and comfort I have found that just I think for me as well there are just certain things I just won't do because so say some I'm going through something for example and someone just says oh it's going to be fine my ultra rational mind is 
looking at you like you don't know this and i know (laughs) (laughs) and it it sounds really bad i know you're saying it from a confident place and the chances are you know even based on statistics right based on probability it probably is going to be fine but i think there's just a different source there's just a different element when someone is saying it based on you know because god knows um you know the gifts that he has for you because god knows you know like it's yeah and even the premise is different i would even add that to be honest especially as i grow up man you know i know big was it big yeah big who said no more money more problems i'd say more years more problems because the more i grow up problems 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 so like one thing i have found even as like just to agree with georgia is that you know as christians sometimes my friends have more problems and so do i i don't know what to say i don't know what to do but i always feel like and i've had this with georgia several times where we're like praying for each other or whatever she might not even know exactly what's going on but she'll say the exact right things. And I don't think that's necessary. And I've done the same. I don't think that's coming from us. We really believe that's coming from God. So Mm -hmm. as Christians community, there's also that added element as Georgia spoke about the Trinity, which again, you know, we'll probably unpack on some other episode is we have the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Um, And even, yeah, just that, right. Like not just words of encouragement, but also just a simple act of sort of praying for each other. Like, to me, it's so encouraging. Oh, it's this is not to obviously dismiss my non-Christian uh, friends' contributions in that sense. Like they mm. they contribute obviously a lot to my life, yeah. which is why we're still friends. Um, yeah. But in terms of sort of, I, I'm just thinking ahead of like interviews or things like that. Like uh, wishing you well versus a praying for you, where I know you're actually praying for me. Because let's be honest, we're all guilty. Me, <laughs> me, like in premise of saying, oh yeah, praying for you. I am not not actually. I'm not. I'm not guilty of such <laughs> deceit. <laughs> well, maybe of lying right now because I think we all do it. <laughs> but and they forgive know. me for I have sinned. Exactly. That's what I thought. But no, you know it happens. So I have to find. I have to for me rephrase that, and I I would just say I pray that X Y and Z because then my prayer is in that moment as Same. I'm talking. Oh my goodness, you do it too. No, seriously, oh I've switched friends. that up. No, because it's true. Because that's a prayer too, right? 100%. Prayer Again, we can do a whole other episode on prayer, but just a quick, it's like prayer is not this, you know, holding rosary, you know, um, kneeling down. Like there's not one way to pray. To pray. It's also your heart posture. So I think that is a prayer because you wish that for that person as you're writing it. So yes. I agree. And then you don't have to be a liar. Exactly. So, you know, to everybody who I said I'm praying for, when I use the continuous tense, um, I'm so sorry. Um, I repent and I hope you're well, though. I still pray that God answered my <laughs> intentions to pray. Please, please. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Very swiftly. Um, so anyway, like obviously there are thousand and one benefits, but I think those are the sort of obvious ones that come to mind. But then, yeah, I think I think to narrow it even down more, I'm not sure. I think the problems sometimes arise, not necessarily with Christian friends more broadly, but mm. friends in the church who should be Christians and generally are. But I think there seems to be, there seems to be a lot of clashing. And I think for me, it's because of expectations. I don't necessarily think people in the church are like worse or better. We should display better um, actions, better kindness, better loving, etc. But we don't always, because as you said, mm. It, it is a hospital. Um, but yeah, I think the problem 
arises out of our expectation of what people from the church should be or should look like versus the fact that they're categorically you know worse or better than people outside of it because i have had people say yeah like then people in the church treat you worse than people outside i'm like um i'm not sure that's the case i just think your expectations of them was higher than people outside and perhaps rightly so right because Mm. we are commanded to love our neighbors we are commanded to be better in relationship because of you know our relationship with god and because of the holy spirit but and i think yeah yeah no i agree but one thing that comes to mind for me is i think why it comes off that way sometimes Mm -hmm. is because not only we have those expectations which i 100 percent agree that i always have to check myself in that is that there's this absurd thing that christian niceties so people will act one way to your face or when you're there but then a hundred percent some other way like actions like what is it that everything done in the dark will always come out right yeah (laughs) come to light it does because i've experienced that several times where people are one way for the like a stretch of time and then completely like a 180 you know maybe a 160 or something like that you know where i'm like what happened Mm. or like so i think people are forced to act one way because you're a christian and because right. you're at church like oh my god i'm so nice and then you know painted smiley faces mm. but inside there's other things going on and then it comes out and then you're just like excuse me and i think that's why it feels worse and not that the world doesn't also act deceitfully oh i said the world that's such a christian wow. <laughs> but not that like outside friendships also don't happen but i think it's even more so in the church because of how people think they need to be portrayed so they actually play Mm. into that Mm. but then their realness comes out and it was just like whoa 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 like one second you're like elmo from sesame street and the next second you're like i don't know like what's his name jafar from aladdin and i didn't understand what happened in between no i'm completely with you i think that's completely right this yeah this idea of even church culture which again i think we should expand on at some point but it can be detrimental i to play devil's advocate early slightly i think there is something though in the ease of replication so even though like not even though we know that when when we become people of faith it's an inside job right the holy spirit is gradually working on us um but sometimes (laughs) who we're meant to be and who we currently are and not the same person (laughs) and so we're working Mm -hmm. towards that but then sometimes it's easier to sort of just replicate something without necessarily fully understanding it etc i think that's just how humans work right that's how we socialize that's how babies Mm. to be honest um develop um by almost replicating what's in and around them um so i think that's an element of that but i completely agree with you in that it definitely comes across as fakeness or it comes across as um being too yeah two-faced really where you're acting a certain way because you believe it's what's expected of you but then Mm. you you can't live up to that because it's not an inside job and you really don't understand why it is that you're doing what you're doing i just like i don't want to be jaded but God help me. Um, I definitely think that's why Jesus told the disciples like, yo, like 70 times seven, like you got to forgive. And like Paul talked about bearing with one another in love because they knew, they knew. (laughs) People be tripping. (laughs) 
essentially <laughs> and i think there's also this thing of us not recognizing again coming into church and thinking that's heaven it's not i think we need a reality check come church. on somebody <laughs> no say it louder in the microphone church is not heaven not yet <laughs> absolutely not so we come into this space and of course it replicates some of that you know some of uh insanity in terms of we ushered into a different sense of the presence of god i don't like saying we ushered into the presence of god because the presence of god is a forever thing um but you know it's a different sense of it there's a sense of community and in that sense we're all in the same wavelength we're all you know worshiping etc but the reality is as as linda so eloquently put earlier it is it is a hospital and we're all patients and we're all in this process of being sanctified and being perfected, right? And so we come into this space and I think what we don't realize also is that there are different personalities. And mm. I think it's very important that we become cognizant of that. And that, I hope this isn't something controversial, but I genuinely don't... Come, believe- it's a safe space. <laughs> safe space. Well, it's going to have to be. Um, but I genuinely don't believe everybody in church is meant to be your friend. Now, (laughs) I say this because I attach a different significance to the word friend. Are you supposed to be friendly with everyone in church? Of course. Are you supposed to be civil? Are you supposed to exist in community with them? Absolutely. Like that there's supposed to be a sense of unity. There's supposed to be just a different aura even. I think people are supposed to walk in church and feel something different. And that's also because of how we're supposed to treat each other and you know act towards each other but Mm -hmm. i don't think i think people mistake seeing someone every day on every week my bad on a sunday for friendship that to me is not friendship yes yes and you know i've made that mistake as well i think (laughs) before of thinking that but i think that's more so when i'm new and trying to build when i was trying to build those relationships but then i had to also check myself and be like yeah, like not everybody needs to be my friend, right? And that's okay. And I think, as you said, drawing those boundaries and drawing those lines of like, yes, we live. And again, we're going to talk more about that, right? In that, like, we live in community, but it doesn't mean, because as you're saying, Georgia, there's that deeper added value or the way I see friendship is so much deeper. And I think what I've been growing into now is realizing like, hey, like it's okay mm-hmm. that 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 person is not like necessarily your buddy because I think sometimes what tends to happen with that perspective is that people start feeling like less of themselves when they think you're friends with certain people they're like why aren't they not friends with me right. is there something wrong with me I've seen that mm-hmm. you know I've picked up on that and I'm just like no it's just exactly as you said there's different personalities different connections that are going to take place is that I don't know exactly the quote, that Winnie the Pooh quote, quote that says like friendship is what happens when somebody else says like, oh, you know what? Me too. Or something like that. Like, I think it was something with him and Piglet or Tigger or something. But I'm like, that's true because not like, yes, we have that connection within the church that we love Christ and we're walking towards that. But there's something deeper that happens with, you don't know, just like vibes, you know, like, like, hey, <laughs> You know, it just happens. But I think sometimes there's a sense of like people feeling alienated if they're not friends with who you're friends with. And it's just like 
just chill. I think it, friendships can actually build so organically. And I love how beautiful that is. And sometimes in church, we may actually force each other yeah. into friendships. And I don't think that's the way it should go at all. And, you know, without fully sometimes investing as you ordinarily would do in another type of friendship. Because, again, my point goes back to this thing of, yeah, like, a part of friendship is seeing each other habitually. But a high and a bye and how was your week, etc. you know, for 20 minutes or whatever, every week where we don't dig deeper, etc. To me, just means that we're, like, really good acquaintances. And for some people, it's even broader than that. Like, I maybe that's where you come into the category of a church friend, which I think some people will take offense to, but that's not a bad thing. It just means that's how our relationship has developed. And it just means that, yeah, perhaps we don't see each other outside of those spaces. But because I've seen you so frequently, especially for me, for example, where I've been going to my home church for, I don't know, decades now, Um, maybe not decades, I am only 27. (laughs) (laughs) But no, since I was at least maybe nine, 10 or so so yeah maybe decades and i've seen some of these faces like years over years over the course of years and we get on and you know we we love each other but again i'm not sure that there's that level of friendship um that i or closeness there is maybe a friendship but there isn't that level of closeness perhaps i would have with other friends outside of that space um you know oh sorry you're just reminding me I'm about to be shady for a second. No, I'm going to be shady to like culture because I'm just remembering like Mm -hmm. how a lot of our African, I found this with Ghanaian people and Malawian people. So maybe it's an African thing. I don't know where everybody is your friend. Like, you know, like my parents sometimes say, oh, that your friend, like some person I hardly Mm -hmm. know, or maybe just because they're my age mate Mm -hmm. or something. It's like, oh, here's your, um, this is your friend. So even at church, sometimes parents could perpetuate that. It's like, it's your friend. They're coming. You know, my parents are people, people. So sometimes they would invite people like home when I like was living with them Mm -hmm. who apparently were my friends. And I was like, guys, guys, can we please? (laughs) I've barely spoken to this person maybe twice. (laughs) And this is the same parents that my dad gave me a talk about. Like, I remember I didn't trust my, not trust, but I just kind of like, eh. When you talk to me about, you know, even in your lifetime, if you have three friends who are real, like, friends to you, mm-hmm. that's good, mm-hmm. you know? He's like, you know me, I have your mom, I have chess, I have this. Like, he said some, some, you know, and I was just like, dad, come on, you know? And he's such a people's people. So I was just like, people's person, I mean. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I didn't get it. But I think as I grow up, I'm seeing more into that, that I love what you said about the definition of friendship. I think that's so important to know. Because then people get confused if we don't actually define it properly. And, and it is individual. I, I will say that because even I, I say this, like I'm conscious of what I mean by it, but I do sometimes use it interchangeably because it's easier because sometimes people are not quite an acquaintance. It'd be dishonest to say that they're just an acquaintance, but friend might be a strong word. So, but you know, it verges closer to friendship than it is does it does acquaintance. So I would just say friend. Um, but it is it is an individual meaning. And for some people, they use those two things interchangeably, which is fine. Um, but again, then your expectations have to be different. Um, because mm. what you expect from an acquaintance is not what you expect from a friend. And what mm. someone who you deem who you call friend and who perceives themselves to be such, then what their expectations of you might be might be different to what you 
wanted to invest in in the first place because for you it's kind of one and the same um, yeah so what you're saying here is we need communication people yes. we need to, <laughs> we need to be able to communicate this but the funny thing about relationships is that it's ongoing because a clash we, we shouldn't wait for like an absolute clash but i think we need to always be checking in in the sense of like figuring it out as we go on and being able to read the room read other people um and go on with that but definitely um this kind of takes us on to something else. The point that Georgia was just talking about of like, Hey, how do we define friendships? And you know, how do you define it? How do I define it? Actually, I don't know how you define it. Anyway, that's a conversation for another day. But, um, one thing that we've kind of discussed is that there are different types of friendships, right? Even this whole, what Georgia talked about, quote unquote, church friends, for example, right? And that this is actually biblical because sometimes there's this false notion in the church that you're a Christian. This is how a Christian friend should be. There's no such thing. And even the Bible shows this to us in that Christian friendships are dynamic mm -hmm. um, and that there's different types of them. And just quickly, we're going to go over a few that like interested us um, and showing that there's no one way to be a friend and I think the first one that I always think about when I think of friendship is David and Jonathan has to be. just be <laughs> a, dynamic <duo. laughs> a dynamic duo. Like think about a, like a buddy cop movie, like rush hour, you know, like those friends who are like, I think if I imagine their relationship first went, cause Jonathan was the son of Saul who was King before David, who wanted um, to kill him. <laughs> exactly. Okay, the Bible, if people don't think the Bible is juicy or has, you know, drama, please, like, forget Shakespeare, read the Bible. <laughs> but, like, literally, so Jonathan um, was supposed to be the next king, but he loved David so much. They even said um, they were knitted together, like, something, their souls needed, knitted together. There's, like, a quote, something like that in the Bible that just talks about how close their friendship was in the sense that Jonathan was willing to not take up the throne to let to even save david so that david could take up the throne one day mm. um so that was like yeah a duo kind of thing right they didn't have this like this trio this whatever and they were they were friends to each other and that they loved each other um and this came out a lot in scripture and then next which is one of my faves i have to admit is jesus mary martha and lazarus so this story is sort of about if you hear of the first resurrection in the bible it's when lazarus had died um and then jesus comes back kind of late you know but you know god's Kinda. never late <laughs> he's all he, he was late he was like because he got the news when he was sick you know and then he comes back lazarus is dead and martha actually comes at jesus and is like listen if you had been here my brother would not have died but at the same time she still had faith because i guess she understood that jesus yes was a friend but also divinity so mm. long story short lazarus is raised um jesus does um raise lazarus from the dead but it was this thing where this friendship the four of them there's different scriptures that kind of points to them being together but jesus didn't only have this friendship which could be looked at as a of oh, a little like click click mm. click click yeah. anyway oh no i'm messing with my click click but jesus it's also had <laughs> jesus also had other like dynamic friendships he had his disciples as georgia mentioned earlier at the introduction of this mm -hmm. he had like also friendships that were short-lived 
sort of like when they visited different places, right? His sort of friendship with Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee undercover who believed in Jesus. But anyway, <laughs> um, so there's all these things, right? There's no one way to have or build a friendship. But I think, okay, I said this was my fave, but I think this is my absolute favorite, Job and his friends. So that is like, think mean girls, toxic, like, so Job, the story of Job is basically somebody who had never done any wrong and was completely like ravaged. His life just fell apart, but he never renounced his faith in God. But his friends kind of came to him and were sort of like, Hey, they were pretty shady. Basically. They were just like, Hey, did you do this? Maybe God is cursing you because of X, Y, Z, like all this stuff. And the beauty of, I think, of Job's friends, read it, by the way, because it's very interesting. But I think the beauty of Job and his friends was that in the end of it all, Job actually prays for his friends. Mm -hmm. Like, even though his friends had said hurtful things and kind of like not fully understood his pain or didn't even want to sit in his pain with him is what I've read in one of the, in a book I'm reading right now and how they explain it. There's a whole chapter kind of breaking down um, the phases of Job's suffering mm. and that sometimes we can be so adverse to loss and grief that sometimes you don't want to sit with people in grief. Mm. And the writer kind of explains that. So Job's friends were trying to rationalize his suffering instead of just sitting with him in it. But despite all this pain that was caused through them, he still prays for them and he still lo loves them. And I think that's actually a lesson that friendships can be messy, but it doesn't mean like they have to fall apart because of it. And then finally, I'll say Naomi, Ruth, and Oprah. And this goes back to what Georgia had said, you know, culturally in that some friendships are built in family. So this was like Naomi was the mother-in-law to these two. Mm -hmm. But this also shows seasonal friendships because when her sons die and they're both widows and her husband also dies, she says that, because those days, women, I guess, without your men, you're basically nothing and you have nothing. So she was like, listen, you guys are young. You can remarry. You can go. So Ruth decides to stay. And hey, she gets, you know, the value for her. <laughs> I wouldn't call it obedience, but I guess her decision. But Oprah dips. You know, she's like, you know what? Um, Thank okay. you for your services. <laughs> I love y'all, but. I'm going to go start a life. And that's fair, right? Seasonal. Sometimes friendships are just like that. They're for a season. It's not. And sometimes we try to hold on and try to cling on to friendships. And I know this is the hard thing to say because we think that it's forever. We see our movies, which we love, you know, friends, actually the show friends where all these people are together for like so many years. It's not always like that. Sometimes it is. And we pray that we have those friendships that lasts years and years and decades till the end. But at the same time, that's, I would say 95% or even more, that's not the case. So we need to understand that sometimes people are just there for a season um, and that's okay. Like there's no hard feelings. And yeah. No, I love that. I think that's so factual. Two things actually, as you were speaking, that I was thinking about. The first on uh, Lazarus and Jesus actually, and I think that being the first time, and I might be wrong, Bible scholars, correct me, but that's the first time it's documented that Jesus Christ, right? Like that's the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. And that was when he got the news that Lazarus had died. And to me, it's just such an, I don't know, I think I love, I love to humanize Christ as possible because he was. Um, mm. And I think sometimes we forget that 
obviously we can't forget his divinity that's a crucial part of our faith um but i think boiling it down to not just oh you know jesus had disciples so he had friends and friendships are important but like the the meaning that they had to him right like jesus knew well i'm sure he did um he must have had an inkling that he could probably bring this man back to life but the human part of him is so hurt by the passing of his friend that he actually cries not cries he wept the significance of that is different you know that means he was like bawling his eyes out or that's my understanding of weeping anyway um and he was grieving he was mourning and i think again to me if i ever needed any i mean i don't because i absolutely live for my friendships so i'm like i know they're god-given but if you ever did need proof of the fact that you know this culture again of um i'm independent i don't need nobody um i came to this world alone i'm gonna die alone which is all true fair enough you know <laughs> you did come on your ones maybe if you're a twin you didn't but for the most part you did um and you will leave alone but i don't think the in-between period has to be spent alone um and so i think yeah like there's just clear indication through all of the different um scriptures that you have pointed us to linda that it's it's very clear that throughout the bible friendship is something that is valued celebrated viewed almost as an integral part not almost viewed as an integral part of the human experience um mm. so yeah so i love that and yeah I, I just think to me it's just very deep that the the time that we have recorded i think the other time that we have recorded that jesus uh cried was in relation to him dying him going to the mm. cross so to me it's just very significant like he he loved this person so much that even though he knew he could resurrect him and he he did um, the news of his passing overwhelmed him to the point of crying. And I think there's a beauty in that. Mm. Um, and then back to the point that you were making about like seasonal friendships. I think that one is absolutely one of the hardest ones for us to sort of understand and wrap our head around. But I mean, again, back to Jesus, even he wasn't around forever, right? <laughs> I think he yeah. passed at 33. So, and oh no. Maybe well, around, around in the flesh. He was around, big facts, big facts. But yeah, the fact that, you know, he builds these solid friendships across the span of like a few years, really, and changed their lives entirely, each and every single one of them. Um, but he wasn't around for that much. Obviously, his exit was dramatic. And for the most part, the reason we're not, you know, our friendships go separate ways is not necessarily because someone has passed. Mm. <laughs> but it still goes to show that, yeah, not everyone is meant to be in your life forever but the, the period that they are is to be valued and cherished and you you know interrogate what it is that that encounter did teach you um and i think also this is like harder said than done no harder easier said than done i always get my english mm. idioms wrong easier mm. said than done <laughs> see foreign <laughs> boat that don't foreign make sense <laughs> foreign boat <laughs> but i really think yeah we we have to learn to stop kind of taking that personally when mm. that happens. I think learning for me that, first of all, I think f- me reflecting that, like always, not always having the capacity to receive people in a particular time of my life, it's a particular space of my life in terms mm. of like, you know, con- contributing actively to um, a friendship. And then also at the point of people leaving, I think, of course, we have to, you know, interrogate ourselves. We have to undergo self-reflection and understand what it is that we might be doing wrong especially if there is a pattern right um mm. that might actually categorically be that we exhibit in toxic traits and toxic behaviors and that's why mm. people can't be around us 
but other times it might not have to do anything with you they just might not have the capacity in that moment in that moment maybe you're just not aligning necessarily um mm. and i think just trying i again yeah i it's it's not coming from an insensitive place um but i just i th- and also maybe i've not had the <laughs> displeasure maybe um of having to go through that myself i mean i definitely have friends who sort of distance themselves but in most cases if it, it felt relatively mutual like we were both busy etc and also with my friendships i'm quite used to sort of them bouncing back like almost in a yo-yo way um mm. so i i guess i don't necessarily take that personally i just assume that life has happened and people drift um but i do think yeah there is something to be said about people being in your life for a reason and for a season sometimes and that season yeah. might not last as long as we want it to but i think we have to learn to speak to god and say is there something you're teaching me in this moment this mm. always is was i supposed to be different be better was i supposed to you know do xyz in this context that i did or didn't do um and sometimes when you have deposited that thing then it's time for you know new ventures etc Um, ventures i'll definitely say on that that guys all of us and it's not just to point to any one person or people is that when you some some of it is just natural as georgia said natural transition like you move away you name it like you know and things fade but if it's if you have the opportunity to end things well end it well Absolutely. It makes a difference. Mm-hmm. It makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Cuz sometimes I think we wound each other so much. Mm-hmm. You know, either the cut off or the silence, especially when you've been in somebody's life deeply, mm-hmm. right? Um I've seen a lot of people suffer hurt the past year or so and it's probably happened before then, but I think more so. But then also the people who've been left and are hurt extend grace. Because people go through things we have no idea what they're going through and it's not to excuse mm. um behavior but it's just to understand because mm-hmm. i think it's definitely both yeah there's both sides to it as georgia said it's not the one we like it's hard um the seasonal ones but we just it's it's going to happen and i think we need to learn how to navigate that well yeah agreed um so yeah i think actually on on the point of friendships inside the church or inside the body I think my takeaway is just understanding that community isn't necessarily the same thing as friendship. Um mm. dissociating those two things. Um and learning really that I know we always go back to that scripture of like, you know, loving your neighbor as yourself. To me that doesn't necessarily mean giving every single neighbor unrestricted access to every single part of you, right? Yeah. Um so yes, yeah, so I guess for me that's my takeaway like reminding ourselves that church is not a perfect place it's not heaven um it is a space for people who are still trying to figure this life world sanctity all of that stuff out um and we should extend grace but we should also therefore <laughs> manage our expectations to some extent and yeah i think i think the point of extending grace is is um key as as linda has said um both in terms of what we expect from others but also then how we navigate our relationships with other people in the church Um and I think it also mean that we don't rush necessarily into calling people friends or rushing into those relationships. I think we take we we tend to be cautious for romantic relationships but not so much non-romantic ones. Mm. Um and I think it bears 
it can have the same level of impact and the same level of influence, especially if it's a close friend, as Ninda said, who's been in your life for a very long time, right? Like friendship breakups are the absolute Ooh. worst. <laughs> we don't like them. We yeah. do not like them. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think let's treat others as, as we would like to be treated, um, but do so in grace, do so with kindness, do so prayerfully. I feel like that's what we said on every single episode. Like, <laughs> so what would you do? Pray about it. And Pray. that's... <laughs> Honestly, that's that's the method. That's the key. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. You have it's to. important. <laughs> and as Georgia said, sometimes in this, we don't think to do that. Mm-hmm. And we should. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, we really want to hear from you guys as well. I, I love Georgia's takeaways. Um, and I 100% agree in that one thing I know is that this is still a part of my life that I'm really trying to exercise and work more in. Mm-hmm. to especially as I grow up I think as I was younger it was different and then being in a new season where I'm in a place longer than I've been mm-hmm. in my adult life for a long time it brings new challenges and also new opportunities as we said earlier so we really want to hear from you what's going on in your friendships what challenges have you faced and friendships in church especially because we will talk about friendships not in church and in other things you know later but we definitely it's a unique context so we want to hear what's going on with you or in other faith communities as well is it do you face similar challenges as we've explained here um and also what have what have been the good things what have you learned how have you grown we want to hear that too because hey we need we need the help too um so we hope that you enjoyed this episode Again, not the easiest thing to talk through, but as Georgia said, it's important. Yeah, so that's us. We hope that you have a good Friday and that we'll see you back here soon. Bye. Bye, y'all. See you in the next episode. I know, I was going to say, it started playing in my head.